The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is director-writer Kay Asher Levin, and we're going to be talking about his fun new film entitled Helen's Dead. Welcome to the show, Asher. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. It's great to have you on the show. This is a fun movie, a lot of fun. In watching it, it reminded me a lot of uh, Knives Out in that series. It's such a wonderful series, and this is sort of on that kind of genre. So if people enjoyed Knives Out in the sequel, they'll definitely enjoy Joy Helen's Dead. Just fun and lots of twists and turns in this film. So our audience knows a little bit about the synopsis of this film. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? As you mentioned, it's a sort of absurdist mystery comedy. A millennial riff on Agatha Christie is the best way. I'd say probably closer to the second Knives Out movie than the first one in terms of the types of characters as well. It's a one crazy night movie set in Santa Fe. It opens up with a couple who have a breakup. Our female lead, Addie, discovers that boyfriend is cheating on her with her cousin Helen. There's dinner party that night at Helen's half-sister Layla's house, and Addie decides to go there to confront her. But when she arrives, the cast of characters that she arrives to see, Helen is found dead in the bathroom. And suddenly now everybody's a suspect, and lots of twists and turns happen, and the characters are much more concerned about what everybody else thinks than about the body that's in the bathroom. Is that a good description? A very good description, and it's kind of going like, well, yeah, nobody seems to be that concerned. In fact, Helen's dead. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely struck me. You know, I read the first draft of the script. I found it on the blacklist, which is a sort of screenwriting source for young screenwriters and, and unsigned and unpublished screenwriters to send their scripts in. Amy Brown Carver, a fantastic a young voice. She wrote a really great script. And we actually worked together a lot on it afterwards. But the essence of the script being that the world that we live in today collectively, a lot of times it wouldn't be that far to imagine that if there was a dinner party, people would be more concerned about what everybody else was thinking than what to do with the body. And that really turned me on as a as a filmmaker. It is fascinating in that respect too, because it is, it's all about the different egos and everybody protecting themselves in this film. So it's, yeah, it makes it interesting. And just new characters showing up. <laughs> I obviously have an affinity for campy films, but screwball comedies Yes. Dating all the way back to Preston Sturgis. Yeah. And after that, with the, some of the films of Billy Wilder and obviously Woody Allen and so forth from there. Some of the 90s filmmakers like Whit Stillman and early Noah Baumbach. And so this is this is sort of in that vein, I would say, a little bit more gory maybe than those movies, but definitely has the same kind of spirit as those zany screwball comedies where anything goes and all the characters are kind of bouncing off the walls. Wanted to make sure there was a safe environment for my actors to be able to play as much as possible within the scenes yeah. and have a lot of fun. And you do. And you know what? That's very good now that you say that because I love uh, Preston Sturgis and all those screwball comedies. I love classic films. And, and it does. It has that, now that you say that, yes, it definitely has that kind of feel to it. So you did a really good job of kind of recreating those wonderful classics and creating your new classic, I would say. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think that people sometimes, and I think I was just mentioning this, today everyone takes things really seriously. It's obviously an incredibly serious time. There's a lot of wars going on and terrible stuff that you see uh, in the world. I think that a lot of times when you're in those sort of eras as a storyteller, it's nice to create some sort of escapism and allow for us to comment on what's going on in the world, but through irony, being able to sort of laugh at disaster. And I think that that's what this movie does lean into is this sort of the chaos factor.
marker of where we are as a society and what the way that people react to things where there's so much crazy going on that it all turns into nothing. There's enough stuff that you see every day. You stop really caring about all any of it because it's too hard to chase tragedy. Right. And you're right. There is, I think, you know, starting with the pandemic where everybody, you know, I think doing, I mean, I've said this before and I've had other guests on the show where we just wanted something light to watch. Yeah. Nobody could watch anything heavy. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I look, I've done a lot of genre stuff in the last few years. And I think that, and this is obviously a little bit more of a, of a, a sort of fun, a sort of fun film. But even those films, a lot of it was in my head is like, how do we comment on things while having fun? I think it's important for us to know that we live in, in this world, but also find ways to tell thematic stories about sort of apathy in our society while having people laugh and have fun and kind of say, oh my God, that's kind of like me. You know, I might be like that or, oh my God, the friend of mine that I have or this boyfriend that I had or this is the type of party I've been to. I think one of the things I was taking with so much worldwide with Amy's script initially was that this felt like a dinner party that I'd been to before. Not the dead body, but, you know, (laughs) but the rest of it, sort of catty infighting and the class stuff of people who are really wealthy, people who are pretending to be wealthy, people who are pretending to not be wealthy, live in LA and I grew up here and and the only other place I've ever lived is New York. And so that's pretty much everyone here at all times. And we could like to laugh at ourselves. So I think that was a lot of reflection of it. It is the characters I wanted everybody to look like the way that that I would imagine they looked and, you know, and sound like people that I interact with. Well, I think it's encapsulated even more in in Hollywood, obviously, and and probably New York also, too, being the hub of Hollywood, where everybody is concerned about their image and how they present themselves, probably even more than middle America, although it's everywhere. But I think there you have to be more careful about what you're presenting to the world, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, that was sort of the, the impetus around that. And then it was just so great to get a bunch of actors on set. So fun when you have the opportunity. It was really, really fun family experience. Some of these people I knew, some of these people I knew through other people, and some of the people I've worked with before. And then, you know, we just, it just ended up being that at some point, everybody was in the one bedroom that nobody was shooting in, hanging out, like the whole movie. And this was a pretty tight shoot. We shot it in like 12 days. I, and we pulled some some pretty heavy hours. I would find, I'm also director that, that directs a lot. You know, I take a lot of takes. I do a lot of footage and I keep my actors working on on their feet almost all the time. I remember I walked in one night and two of my actors were passed out on the bed, but everybody was cracking jokes and we all had a great time with it. It was funny because Tyrese, who obviously had never been in a movie like this before, first he was like, hey, I need my trailer and this and that, you know, and and let me know when to come in. And then by about eight hours into the first day, suddenly now he's just with everybody else in this tiny room and having the best time. And we all had a great time. You know, we really, it was fun. We did it two years ago. It was right around this time and we had a blast. That's great. That makes it so much easier if you're all having a good time, especially when you have such a close-knit cast and you're shooting in such a short period of time. 100%. We, I mean, it was really, really fun. And, you know, I people, I had worked with Brian Husky a few years before and was always been a fan of his. He's so funny. I worked, obviously, with Emil before. Annabelle, I knew through through my wife. And um, Beth was someone that, I don't know how I got to her, but now we're super tight. And I know some people that she knows really well. And then, you know, Dylan, I've been a fan of since she was on Kimmy Schmidt. And Oliver, I had already worked with. And I love Oliver. And I, I, he's like a friend of mine. He's so funny. And yeah. all the stuff he brought to that character. I mean, the funny thing is that that, and you've seen the movie, so I can right. sort of mention this as uh, you understand it is, is that Oliver's character was originally written to be sort of like this suave, kind of like handsome, for lack of a better term, like that was the vibe. And then 
then I was like, hey, it'd be maybe better if it was Oliver because he's so awkward and out of place and gives this sort of like Gene Wilder performance right, where it's like, right. who the hell is this guy, you know? And it makes you like wonder. And then as the movie goes on, it's like, oh my God, he's just the great, best, the best foil. Because a lot of times when you go to a party like this, there is one guy that you're, or girl that you're like, I don't think this person belongs at this party. And and it's, so there's there's so much to that. He's the innocent in the movie and, and he really is just such a great comedic actor and kind of nailing it and being such an outlier to everybody else who's even Brian and are all sort of dialed into this very sort of elevated comedy, you know, of, of manners. And then he's just sort of slovenly kind of all over the place, sort of like <laughs> to a certain extent, you know? No, they, they all were good. I really want to get into it. Ty- Tyrese lately is in, t- in a lot of movies that I have been having on the show. I mean, he's been a star of many of the films lately that I have um, literally that, that have been on the show. So he's a very right. busy actor. For he sure. is. Yeah, I'm working on something with him in late November as well that we haven't announced yet. Yeah. But he's he's fantastic. It was it was really great working with him. He had some really great, interesting and meaningful notes. And I think he's such a good comedic actor. And I think he's really underused with, with regards to his timing. You know, I think he's got, he's naturally gifted at com- comic timing and it really shows in this film. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, it's a great cast. And I do want to talk Emile Hirsch, who you've worked with quite a bit and looks like you're going to be doing some other movies with Emile. Yeah, we're, we're working on a project now that we've been working on for a year. SAG, obviously, the strikes kind of stalled a little bit of it. Uh, but I love Emil. He's a great guy. Obviously, just a first-class actor and can really do anything. And I think that when we were on the set of Dig, he was talking to me about how he hadn't done a comedy in a long time and really wanted to do something funny. And he's such a huge, huge fan of comedians. Mm-hmm. I don't realize is like he's just he, like the people he looks up to are like Jim Carrey and Jack Black and people like that. And he really wanted to showcase that he could do something like that, just a really outlandish performance. And, you know, this called and I said, I got this script and I think this is kind of what you're looking for. And he writes, oh, this is funny. We should, he had a lot of ideas for the script. Very smart guy. So it was really fun to actually kind of create a comedy vehicle for him to a certain extent. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he is. He's, he is funny in it. But in a way that you kind of like, do you like him or don't like him? You know, most of us. Hopefully you don't like him, <laughs> but you like know, him. but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think that he does have a lot of fun in the way that like, um, you know, uh, Christian Bale in the in some of the movies that that he does with, with um, you know, David, David O. Russell, you know, and, and Adam McKay. I mean, he's he right. he can flex, you know, I mean, he has fun pretending to be characters. And and I think that Emil is kind of similarly you know, to Christian in that way where he can, he could do the action thing and he could play it straight. And he obviously is a fantastic and gifted performer in drama, but when he wants to be funny and act like a goofball and be a real character, he could slip into that like immediately. And, and it's, it's really fun to watch too, because he'll be on say, Oh man, I came up with this other thing. This is crazy. Let me, let me try this, you know? And I'm like, okay, you sure? And then he'll do it. And I'll be like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. That's a great idea. You know? So uh, it was, it was, it's always fun collaborating with Emil. That's great. You know, that, you know, so many directors, and I've said it before, you know, find certain actors that they love working with Scorsese and DiCaprio, you know, Leonardo, yeah. um, you know, and just like, there's just like you said, David O. Russell and, you know, uh, and Christian Bale, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, certain actors, uh, same uh, thing with Christopher Nolan and uh, Gillian Murphy, you know, he's been. Yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love working with Emil and, and I can't wait to find another project with him, you know, and, and obviously, I've worked with Oliver a couple of times too. He's fantastic. And Tyrese now, 
Um, you know, I think it's, it's great to work with actors and then have them want to work with you again. I mean, that's, I guess I'm doing like a little bit right by having the ability to continue to work with actors, depending on what movie it is, you know, them being available and saying, yeah, let's, let's go and let's have fun. You know? Yeah. That's great. It is great. Uh, Yeah. Totally. 100%. So how did this, um, so how long did it take you? I mean, I, I don't know when you filmed it. You filmed it two years ago. So kind of at the tail end of COVID. So how did that affect the shoot? Um, I'd say that it took me a lot quicker to shoot it than to finish it. Um, you know, we, I, I, I have just wrapped up dig. Uh, we were, we were finishing post on that. Uh, I was looking for my next project. I found the script, you know, my, the same financers, uh, were like, Hey, what are you going to do next? And I was, Oh, I found the script. It's a little weird, but I think it could be fun. Uh, and, and we sort of just jumped off from there and it was really only like five months or maybe four months of finding the script or shooting it. Uh, um, and then I don't, I mean, I have no idea how long Amy took probably a year or two, um, before that I was, I think it was like one of the first things she ever wrote. Um, I'm working with her again on something else. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, we shot it pretty fast and then we edited it, but there's, you know, it takes time for movies to get released. It really depends too. It's a fall, fall, winter movie. So if we, we didn't make it for last year, then it had to wait till this year. This movie wouldn't really play that well. I don't think in the summer, the spring, I mean, a lot of the conceit of the movie is that it's, you know, it's, it's getting to be colder and and all that stuff. So uh, that those movies tend to not do so well when it's hot outside. Um, So, you know, it really, once we got there and we were filming, it was such a really fun experience. I hadn't directed comedy, uh, like a straight up comedy ever. Uh, I'd done some stuff around it. I consider this to be a, uh, like a really straightforward comedy. I mean, other people might think that there's other elements to it, but, um, to me, this is just a really funny, silly comedy, screwball comedy. So, you know, I did a lot of things that I've always wanted to do, like have multiple cameras running and a lot of improv and, you know, and really leaning on my actors, making sure I cast the movie with performers that that had, could think on their feet and that had done this a lot before so that I could lean on them. Uh, and uh, and I think that really helped out. I and mean, we had early cuts of the movie that were even funnier than this cut. And I remember uh, having conversations with, you know, some producing partners and they were like, Hey, uh, you got to cut back on some of this comedy. And I was immediately like, well, it just feels really broad and you're, you're kind of killing the mystery of the movie. Ah. And I was like, ah, who cares about the mystery? It's funny. But people acting like, and, and ultimately we found the right balance of tone. You know, we, you know, obviously the score really helped with that fantastic score that Adam Westbrook made yes. uh, for me. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, uh, we found the right tone, I think, similarly to the way that Ryan Johnson handled it with Knives Out and, you know, some other very skilled filmmakers when it comes to screwball. Um, but it is always tempting when you're shooting with all of these fantastic comedians, you know, they riff. They just, this is natural. It's what they do. Uh, so, you know, that that kind of came through maybe a little bit too much in earlier passes. And then we kind of tighten, 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 and really got the pace to really go fast, you know? Well, it, 
it, it is it, it is fun and it is funny and there is suspense to it and it, it's got all these different elements and it's it's just a fun it is it's just a fun movie and if you're looking for something that's fun and has some mystery a murder mystery uh you know like clue <laughs> Yeah, totally. Clue is a big influence for this film. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is just a fun, fun film. What was, so, okay, you shot it in 12 days, which is also very difficult to do, obviously. But what else was Small movies, I think sometimes, yeah, and it just depends on the kind of movie. If you want to have a lot of good actors, sometimes you make concessions on things like days of filming. (laughs) So, you know, I wanted to have great actors. And I, so on this film, it was it was how do we make it fast, shoot it faster and, and, you know, pull some money from that side to help to bring one more actor in, you know, I was addicted to getting actors on this movie. It was like, well, we got these people, let's get one more, you know? Um, but as far as challenges, is that what you were asking? Yes. Yeah. I think that is the challenge. The challenge is, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, but the challenge is I, I'm really a, a fan of actors I'm an actor's director. Uh, and because of that, actors want to work with me a lot. And so sometimes I fight to get more actors in a movie and sacrifice a little bit on, you know, on the things that might make it for an easier shoot for me. So it makes it more challenging because I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, we could spend this 30,000, you know, for this person or whatever it is, you know? And so, you know, I'm getting better at it. You know, I just, I just shot another film, uh, that was a true indie you know, and it was small and we got great actors, luckily, because we got a strike waiver. Um, and we were able to put a lot of that into production. And, you know, it's a different kind of movie and different kind of look, but still great. And I, I guess the more I trust myself as a filmmaker and the more stuff I do, the easier it'll be to get, you know, talented cast in there and not really hurt my my below the line production. Excellent. Excellent. And that's what everybody's looking for in this business. Asher, you were a screenwriter to begin with. What made you transition? I mean, you st- you decided what during COVID? I, guess? I, started, I started as a started as a musician, actually, oh, uh, okay. and I was a band for quite a while. And then I got into screenwriting. Out, I, I went to school for screenwriting, but then I was touring and then I started writing again. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like writing. I, I like the I like. I, I, I let, me, let me take that back. I don't really like the act of sitting down and writing something. I would much rather be coming up with visuals and working with actors and being on set. But, uh, you know, I, I have that tool and mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it once I'm, I kind of stubbornly get into it. Um, then I'll sit down, I'll do a rewrite. Um, the idea of having to sit and come up with something from scratch has been really hard for me in the last while because I'm so predisposed to getting a script and helping out and getting it to where it needs to be. And then being on set fast uh, that, you know, it's challenging. A lot of times what I do now is have writers that I've worked with that I trust that do initial passes on movies for me. And then I'll come in and I'll make it sound like, you know, a script that I would have written. Um, And so it's really collaborative. And I also really like collaborating on projects and uh, you know, writing as, 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 you know, fun as it is when you, it's pretty solitary, I'm a pretty social guy. Uh, so it's it's hard to say, hey, I'm going to do it really takes it out of me. I have a family and it's hard to for me, if I'm going to sit down and write a script, it becomes very involving. Uh, and I, I kind of lose myself quite a bit in the world when I'm writing. So directing is a little bit different. I, I don't really it's not the same way that I think in my head. I'm like, OK, cool. We're we doing this. All right. 
give me eight hours. I'll work on shots and stuff like that. It's, it's not the same. Um, and so I don't know if that means that it's more naturally for me to be one way or the other, but I, I do have a lot of projects that I'm in between and should be finishing on the screenplay writing side. And I'm sure I'll revisit it more, um, as my career goes on and just pick when I want to do certain things. I have another mystery, uh, uh, sort of thing that I'm, is in my head. It's a more of a sort of teen thing. Uh, I, I, I will say totally John Carpenter meets John Hughes, um, that I am playing around with, but I haven't started really writing it, writing it yet. That'll probably be a 24 project. Uh, and then, you know, and then it's, like I said, there's a, there's a three projects where I'm not the main writer. Uh, it's based on a concepts and story by me, uh, that I work with, with writers. And then, you know, and then, and then I'll come in and, and give some top line or do, uh, a pass, which I usually do a director's pass that usually has heavy dialogue work to it. Uh, that's sort of like what I do as far as the writing side of things. Well, I guess it, it works well then that you are able to do both and wear those hats as you record. Yeah. As you're filming, yeah. You and may, it, go ahead. You may have to change. No, no, go on. Go on. Sorry? Oh, go on. I said, you know, so if there's changes that need to be made, you're able to do that right there and then. Yeah, I have to catch myself with that because I, in my head, I am a writer still on set most of the time as well. So I may, I sometimes I, I rewrite it to the place where it, it you know, I have to remind myself where the story is going, you know, because sometimes you're in the room and, oh, yeah, that's fun. And let's do that. And let's do that. And then I've had this happen, not on this movie and not on ones recently, but I've had project problems in the past where I go, oh, man, this isn't really tracking because I got so excited about an idea in the room that we were all throwing around. But now the scene, you know, is a little confusing. Right. But uh, I think, you know, this is a good example of a movie where we it, it, we really was like a sim- simple plot, some Pretty pretty simplistic, um, you know, the twists were, were there, but they're not, it's, it's not, doesn't have that much explaining to it. And it allowed for us to, to, to be more creative while we were there. Yeah. Uh, It's the, I named it the whole time with me. So I made sure that my writing partner was there with me to track. And sometimes Zach, who's my, one of my other partners on, on uh, other projects, I'll have Zach there a lot of times too. So I treat it almost like a TV show in that way, where like the writer is always on set with me, uh, at least most of the time on set with me. So that if I have an idea, they could, they could almost act like the second script supervisor and be like, whoa, 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 you know, that idea might this thing up or that thing up. Well, the proof is in the pudding. It is a fun movie. Everybody look for Helen's Dead. But where can people see this movie, Asher? Uh, the movie is going to be available on uh, premium video on demand. So, you know, Roku, Amazon, Apple, etc. Uh, and then it'll be in select theaters, uh, depending on where you live. Uh, most big cities um, in in the I looks like mostly art house theaters. Um, so you know, hopefully catch it there, but it'll definitely be available online uh, on your TVs and stuff. And, you know, with smaller films like this, uh, that's, you know, where where you can find these things and, and then hopefully get a nice big run on a big streamer afterwards. Uh, but, um, you know, just to support independent cinema, it's, a, it's not a it's not a shoot 'em up. It's not a traditional kind of genre film. It's a quirky comedy. And, and you know, those 
these type of films need a lot of love and yes, word of mouth. they do. Well, I wish you much success. Everybody seek it out. It's a fun movie. You'll enjoy it. And I thank yeah. you for being on the show, Asher. I look forward to having you back with your next uh, movie. Absolutely. Talk to you later, Jack. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube, subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampryshow.com. Thank you for listening. The Jan Bright Show, all about movies. 